You're listening to a special edition of On the Record, online with Eric Schwartzman, the official podcast of the Public Relations Society of America International Conference, October 16th through 19th, 2010, in D.C., featuring conference keynote speakers, panelists, and newsmakers. To join PRSA or register for the conference, visit prsa.org. I'm here at the Public Relations Society of America conference in Washington, D.C., and I'm talking to Rebecca Lee, VP of eConsultancy. Hi, Rebecca. Hello, Sally. Great to be here. Great. Now, you are the author of a book. I am. The Truth About Search Engine Optimization, which I actually just found out is for sale here. Oh, excellent. So that's great. People could go along and pick up a copy. Um, I think that they should, simply because in Chapter 1, I discussed the fact that SEO is PR, nothing ah, more and nothing less. So I don't know how many, how much PR people realize it, but this is something right in the middle of the target of what they do. I have, it's just that it's, it's been my experience that of all the new technologies, search is one that PR people are not really au fait with or embracing. Have you come across that? Um, well, certainly not with PR people like you, because <laughs> I, I would, you know, put my expertise, or I would even hesitate to put my expertise up against your own. But search really is public relations, um, organic search, not paid search advertising, because what you're essentially doing with search engines is the same thing that you're doing with the media. You are trying to influence them to give you better, more prominent coverage. And the way you're doing that is by creating great content and by creating great stories, which is some of what we'll be discussing at our session later this afternoon. And you're influencing media rather than buying it. And isn't influencing media what the public relations profession is all about? Exactly so. Now, you have been a journalist offline and online for many years. Correct. And I've also been a public relations professional and a marketing executive when I wasn't a journalist. So I keep switching hats. <laughs> so we've, we've brought you to the dark side occasionally. <laughs> I, I flip back and forth. But that's why when I'm a journalist, I cover media and marketing because that's what I know. So you were the chief editor of the ClickZ network for a while, right? Yes, I was. About close to 10 years. Yes, right. Now... How do you think this whole new media is affecting the relationships between journalists and, and PR people? Um, it's very interesting. Um, one of the first effects I think I really noticed was the press release. And I don't think it's extinct, but I think it serves another purpose entirely. Because the press release used to be a private correspondence between the media and the public relations professional. It was sent by fax or sent by letter, and the only people who saw it were the recipients of it. Now people release press releases over the wires. And I think public relations people really need to be cognizant of the fact that they're breaking their own stories the minute that that release crosses the wire and it appears on Yahoo and Google and Bing and all of the various news feeds. So it's a great way to get news out. It's a great way to do search engine optimization. And it's a great way to be found not only by journalists but also by consumers. But if you're trying to sell a story 
to an online journalist or a blogger in particular, you have to come up with a much more tailored and targeted pitch than ever before and offer it exclusively because otherwise you're just trying to get them to recycle information and that's not a very compelling value proposition. So that means we have to have a completely different media relations strategy from what we had in the past. It's almost we're doing two or three different things with our news, right? Absolutely. And you also have to have an entirely different approach and do a great deal of ongoing research to find those valid outlets. You know, it's not just the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal or some trade publications where you want your story, but every niche, every vertical has hundreds if not thousands of blogs and podcasts and communities and niche content and you have to be communicative and involved with all of those channels. In a way it's harder and easier to reach your target audience. They're, they're so much more targeted and, but there are so many more of them. So for PR people who are just kind of still trying to find their way in all this new media, how do they, how do, they do all this? How do you know who's who in all this new media hundreds of bloggers. You know, the first thing I would do is start jumping in and playing with it. Um, before you start broadcasting in these channels, you have to swim in the waters, you have to get, get used to the temperature, you have to develop the tone of voice and the language to address a new audience, not necessarily professional journalists, in the terms in which they're speaking and tailor your pitches accordingly. For example, you were telling me yesterday about a nutraceutical beverage that you were working on. Um, I don't want to reveal too much about that, but you're welcome to because it's your client. And you were telling me how you're looking for different communities who are discussing different illnesses. Right. I was at... Uh they had social media week a little while ago in LA and at USC they had a really interesting um, seminar with talking about some of the things that they're doing in collaboration with the communication school and the engineering school and all these very bright techie people and I spoke to one of the professors about it and he said that it's not as easy as it looks you really have to dive into data mining mm -hmm. and build social graphs now I don't think this is something PR people are used to doing. I don't think it's something they're used to doing either, and I think PR people are overall late to this party. And that's a pity because they're going to lose if they don't get in it now. Um, I'm seeing lots of different contingencies come to this social media table. You've got advertising agencies, you've got digital consultancies, you've got search engine optimization experts, and this is effectively a turf war. And the turf is going to be claimed and it's going to be divvied up and flags are going to be planted. I'm not trying to sound alarmist, but it's not rocket science. It doesn't require a great deal of technological expertise. It does, however, require data mining and an understanding of SEO and an understanding of analytics. And the next generation of PR professionals are going to have those skills or they're going to suffer the consequences. But again, it's, it's not learning things from the ground up. It's just applying existing knowledge to new channels. You know, effectively, this hasn't changed entirely, but the channels have. Right. 
We're going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to be talking to Rebecca about the idea that you need to think like a publisher. This January 2011, Paul Gillen and Eric Schwartzman bring you the first book devoted exclusively to B2B social media communications. Packed with business-to-business case studies and applied knowledge, Social Marketing to the Business Customer is the most comprehensive collection of B2B social media marketing guidance ever assembled. B2B markets are driven by value and relationships. That's very different from B2C markets. This book's a hands-on guide. It walks business people step-by-step through the process of using social media to find and engage business customers to ultimately drive more revenue. Social Marketing to the Business Customer is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and Borders. Or buy it at our show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Also available for iPad and Kindle. So we're back, Rebecca. You have made a statement that every business should think like a publisher. What do you mean? Um, This is particularly important for PR professionals because it falls right smack dab into the middle of what they're best at, which is finding and telling compelling stories. I think the past model was based entirely on almost media buying when you wanted to get a message across. You bought airtime, you bought print space. Um, Public relations professionals tried to influence the stories and, and the content around those advertisements. More and more the web is moving away from advertising buys. Why should you buy media when you can create your own media? And if you create your own media, a website, a Facebook page, a blog, a podcast, a videocast, a YouTube channel, you need content. And you need continual streaming content um, in order to keep that media viable. Public relations professionals know what a story is. They know how to tell it compellingly and attractively. And they have to learn to do that not just to journalists now, but to the public at large. And very often they're working collaboratively with journalists, which is something of a new twist on things, because journalists, who are, you know, won't come as any surprise to hear that they're losing their jobs in traditional media, are adapting those skills to online storytelling and creating online media and branded content. So there's really a new form of hand-in-hand collaboration. You have your example of the BBC um, yeah. working for Edelman right now in an executive position. He was the former, what was he, the news he director? He was content, content, content. director mm-hmm. for the BBC and he's been hired by Edelman to help their clients to yeah. make branded content. You're right. A personal anecdote is a good friend of mine who was a very prominent cultural critic. Um, some publications he was working for folded. He created an enormous advertising campaign for Microsoft that involved a road trip story and he went to cities across America reporting on the best bars and restaurants and nightclubs and music venues. That's a form of cultural criticism applied to advertising. Now why would Microsoft want to make that branded content? Where's the connection? Um, They were selling a product that was a an interactive computer thing in a car that played music and and 
showed you your text messages. And to do so, they weren't advertising it in, in ads, per se, with media buys. They created a series of webisodes and a website around two girls who go on a cross-country road trip and listen to music and get messages while they're looking for musicians and finding love and all that kind of thing. Because how do you get people to tune into your advertising? Exactly. It is advertising, but you need tune in and you're not buying media, you're creating it. And in many cases in, with this kind of advertising, you are working with journalists and working with PR professionals to create the media, not working with ad agencies, not working with the madmen. So many PR agencies are wanting to take part in, in the social media, plant that flag. But so, social media is about a conversation. And people, the people, want obviously to speak to the company. So where is the piece that the agency can do? Uh, it depends. It depends on the company and it depends how large and or small these things are. PR agencies can get involved in an advisory capacity and PR professionals have certainly done media training for many years and this could be a form of media training. Um, they can also act as the mouthpiece, so to say, for the organization, but in order to do so they have to be as immersed in the brands and the brand message and the brand voice as they are in the channels. It really gets divvied up on a case-by-case -case basis. And in terms of the storytelling and the creation of the content, is that not a great role for, for PR? That, that's the perfect role for PR people because PR people and journalists go hand in hand. They right. can identify what the stories are, what the hooks are, what the lead is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, really looking at a parcel of information and teasing out that which is compelling and engaging and going to attract people's attention. Now, in terms of finding what to create in, in all this branded content, again, do we go back to this data mining and analytics? Is, is it necessary to go and figure out what people are interested in? How do you do that? You can do it two ways. You can go into the data mining and identify where the people are, that where the conversations are happening, and you can also create your own communities and then combine those two channels and start introducing the existing communities to those communities that you're trying to create and to foster and to populate with content. There's no one-size-fits-all solution to this and there never has been and there probably never will be. So the answer is not, oh, let's blog or let's have a Facebook page. It's really a question of strategy and also a matter of knowing that these things don't just go away. Uh, you have to sustain them and you have to keep them viable. And we've seen some pretty embarrassing examples of when those things stopped rather abruptly. Um, we've seen a very inauthentic Walmart blog that got outed um, as, as a sham. Uh, we have seen a Vespa blog that Vespa abandoned, and so did the PR agency involved. And the bloggers started blogging about how they hadn't heard from Vespa corporate or the PR agency, and they weren't getting paid, and what the heck was going on. And that stuff stayed on the web for a long, long time. So whatever it is you do, you need a sustainable strategy. Right. And, and 
I guess you have to think it through right from the beginning and figure out what and is it going to And if you're going to take. end it, you have to think of how you're going to end it and how to bow out gracefully. Um, one campaign I really loved, and this was um, initiated from the outset, um, we're not hearing a lot about campaigns in Second Life anymore, and probably rightly so, but one of the more successful campaigns was when the W or Starwood built a prototype hotel in Second Life and asked people for their suggestions for building the ideal hotel. What do you do once that hotel is built and the campaign is ended and the hotel is launched? Um, the hotel was called a loft, actually. They decided from the outset that they were going to donate the land and donate the hotel to Second Life so that it could be repurposed. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect ending, but you need... Just like if you were sitting down to write a novel, you need to end it. Or maybe you don't need to net end it. Maybe it's something that's going to go if, on indefinitely. If you can see a way to just keep it going. And it, but if you perpetuate evolve. it, you need to have the resources and the strategy to keep it going. Absolutely. Now, all these things we've been talking about seem to be lots of different skill sets that are not necessarily what PR people learned at school then or even learning at school now I see the schools are only just starting to teach this so any suggestions on how do they learn all this stuff um well they can come to conferences like this one they can read blogs and publications online such as the one I work for eConsultancy at eConsultancy we also do training Sally I know you do a great deal of training Um, both personally and for other organizations. There's all kinds of continuing education out there. And one of the great things about online is all the information you need to know about online is really online. And I think if they were to read some of your blog posts, uh, either on your own blog or some of the blogging that you do for us at eConsultancy, they'd get pointed in the right direction, not to sound (laughs) hyper-promotional, but we're both very much involved in education and in giving people the tools they need to do this for themselves. Again, it's not rocket science. Rebecca, thank you very much. And this is On the Record Online at PRSA at DC in DC. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sally. You've been listening to a special edition of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman the official podcast of the Public Relations Society of America International Conference, October 16th through 19th, 2010, in D.C. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, post a comment to the show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Connect with us on Facebook or Twitter at On The Record, or send an email to eric at ericschwartzman.com. This podcast has been a special production of On the Record Online and the Public Relations Society of America. Unlike normal productions of On the Record Online, this episode recording cannot be duplicated without explicit permission from PRSA.